on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Old Chicago, welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Old Chicago, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Larry H. Miller Dealerships, driven by you and by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Welcome on in. It's your Aggie Coaches Show right here from Old Chicago. Thanks for making us a part of your evening. Remember Jazz Basketball over on 97.5 FM. But here on 1280 AM, we're breaking down some uh, Aggie football as Utah State gets another victory, this time knocking off Hawaii. And uh, a lot of emotions in this game, A lot of like, like a lot of Utah State games, a lot of uh, roller coasters and, and all kinds of fun stuff. But at the end of the day, it's a W. It's a W. And a wire-to-wire -wire W, too. Yeah, that's, that's the first one uh, to be able to really get that done. Guys came out, played really, really well early, um, thought the energy level was good, was worried about that coming off such an emotional win over Colorado State, especially last second win. But uh, challenged them all week, and they came out and played, played really well early in all three phases to get up 17 nothing. We did let them go on a 10-0 run, uh, which uh, wasn't you know what we wanted to do. But responded really, really well uh, in the third quarter and, and stretched things out at one point, got it to 41 to 10. And, um, you know, still a lot of time yeah. left on the clock. We had some, a few uh, miscues and, and let them get back into a 13-point game, and that's the closest it got. So, collectively, all three phases played, played really well. Defense held them to a ridiculous number of rushing. I think they had 12. Net, net 12 yards. Yeah. We did that in the fourth quarter against against UNLV, but to do it in a full game against a team that's been rushing for well over 150 yards, that was huge. And and then I think it also let us kind of pin our ears back and get after them in the in the pass rush and had five or six sacks on the day. And that's you know that's just it's hard to get anything going offensively with those kind of numbers. How concerned? I mean, I, I there was a concern level going into it coming off their bye week. Um, did they show a lot of stuff that you weren't prepared for? Or did you feel like you had it pretty dialed in? No, I think they stayed pretty close to what we expected. Defensively, we were able to we were able to get them out of some things that they wanted to do defensively with, with how we aligned and some things we did. Um, and we attacked what we thought we were going to see, and for the most part they stayed with it. I, I just think the matchups for their offensive line against our defensive line was, was something I don't, I'm not sure they truly had seen that side of us. Yeah. We hadn't played that style of offense in a while, everything's kind of been, you know, tied and in a phone booth, and so you don't see the speed that that we're able to get on the edges quite as much. And as they spread us out, it let our speed show up a little bit, and, and I think that was a little bit of a of a problem for them. So, and then overall, though, it's been really good to feel the crowd and the energy, and and you never know coming off uh, some big wins um, where the crowd's going to be. Though middle of the day, the the herd had. Or had how the howl the other <laughs> the night before. And the I herd had a hangover is what they had. You can say what you want. Yeah, to. it's pretty much a, howl, a howl over. I don't know which, but uh, they were slow getting in there. But yeah, they, they but finally, they were loud. They rolled in and it got loud. And I, you know, you expected a one o'clock kick. There's so many things going on with families or soccer games and little league football and, and obviously Halloween weekend and who knows what else is going on. You, yeah. you, you knew it was going to take a little bit of a hit. 
But you, you couldn't feel it on the field. I mean, it's probably our smallest crowd of the year, but it was just as loud as what we've had. And, and I think it does. Our kids feed off of that in, in a good way. And, uh, they've done it. They've come to. They've come every week. We've got one home game left. They've come loud and crazy every time. It's been. It's been amazing. How much do you? How much does that stuff help when you bring in recruits? And I don't know if you have been or not, or things along those lines. But, but because uh, I know we've talked about this a lot of your classes in. But just in a in a general sense, how much does that stuff help? It's huge. We had 56 recruits on campus for that game. Wow. And and, and uh, about 10 of our commits were here with their families, and and they leave thinking, man, this is unreal. We've had guys at every game. You know, the Friday games are tough because a lot of these guys were playing. Yeah. But even with that being said. Um, you know, we, we have had nothing but positive response to the coach. This thing is – well, it, you know, we've talked about it, but for them to feel it and be in the part of that and, and even see it on TV doesn't come close to what you feel in person. So it's been a huge weapon. It's going to help – I've talked to – you know, bas- it's going to help basketball coaches as they recruit. It's going to help us as we bring them to basketball games because I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like in the spectrum once they get rolling. So it's um, – to me, it's, it's a huge selling point. That's what kids want to be a part of. Yeah. You want to go to college and have this environment that's just electric, and you just don't get that everywhere. Well, there's a lot to break down from that game against Hawaii. We look ahead to New Mexico State coming up this Saturday, uh, and not an easy trip to make, too. It's uh, Las Cruces uh, through UTEP, and a lot of – I mean, it's the, the, it's out there a ways. It's, it's a little desolate if you haven't been, and we, we – you know, I think I may be the only guy – a couple of us on staff have been. I don't, I'm not sure any of our players have been to New Mexico State – you really can't stay in Las Cruces, so you either fly in and drive to El Paso or you fly directly into El Paso. It's about an hour drive on game day, pretty much all mid, you know, high yep. desert, high desert, um, pretty desolate. You get there and, and t- you know, typically don't draw draw extremely well, so you're not expecting some huge electric crowd. Uh, for, you know, the facilities, again, are smaller than what we see in our league. And you look at the record, it, I told the guys it's really easy to look at all the reasons why you wouldn't play well. But the challenge for us is to be mature enough to play our best game because we need to. Because we need to improve. It's, it's, it's week number nine, regardless of the opponent, regardless of where. And we need, to, we need to play our best ball. So that's a big challenge for this group. How mature are we? Can we just go do our job and play the way we're supposed to, regardless of all the other things that will be distractions or, or maybe just be different than what they're used to? So I've always been kind of curious about this because on the, ins- on the outside, from where we're at, I mean, we treasure each and every game. And so the season goes by like that. And, uh, I mean, we're two-thirds of the way through this thing. Yeah. Um, from your perspective, from the film and the grind and the travel and the recruiting and, and, and everything else that goes into it, the you know, 80 to 100-hour weeks you guys are put in to make sure these guys are ready to go, does the season go by fast? Oh, or- it goes by super fast. It really does. Okay. I mean, we, we just started fall camp the other day. <laughs> I mean, I just got here in January. I mean, it just it goes by super fast. But it is impossible to be at – the highest of highs every single week. And you see it in the NFL. You see it in every every sport. So to be able to bring your best every Saturday with the grind, with the fact that your body may not feel real good at 2 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. I mean, we've played a bunch of physical games. It's possible that you don't feel real good physically on Saturday at 2 o'clock, but yeah. you've got to play anyway. I tell them all the time, the bell's going to ring regardless. And you've got to step into the ring and be ready to play, even though you don't feel great. You got all kinds of stuff going on outside the football field. We, you know, we, we. Um, I ask for prayer requests every day at the end of practice, and I just have them raise their hand. 
If you got a prayer request, just read it. I can tell you 99% of the football team raises it, including staff, every day. There's a lot going on outside the football field, and it's going to affect how you handle yourself on, two, on Saturday. So it's a huge challenge to be able to get a team up and get them ready and be at your best every week. And we're typically, you know, there's times that you're not. Can you survive those weekends? Can yeah. you survive that weekend when you don't feel great? You're exhausted. The grind of the season is weighing on you. You've got these outside influences. Can you still be good enough to win? And we've we've done way better at that than than a lot of teams I've been a part of in the past. And I'm hoping that these guys can dial it up again this Saturday. I was interviewing Kyle Whittingham once, and he said, "I uh, I can get a vibe in the pregame locker room how the game's going to go. Are you? At a, does that take a while to be with the team to recognize that? Do you get that vibe? It it can fool you a little bit at times. Now there's times you just feel you just like they're not ready. They're yeah. just they're just we're just down. I uh, felt that a little bit against uh, UNLV coming off the open week. Actually, one of the players, Quasi White, said, Coach, we need some juice. And I challenged him in the locker room, hey, it's your job to bring the juice. It didn't, you know, I don't, there's nothing I can bring in here. Music, I turn it up all yeah. I want to. If you're not ready, you're not ready. But some teams can fool you. I've had awful practices on Thursday and gone out and scored 60. I've had great practices on Thursday and Friday and gone out and couldn't score 10 points. I've had guys super high in, in, in pregame and then flat during the game. It's such a weird thing. And I think you have to know I, this team has been very consistent at, at, at fighting through. Even in UNLV, we played hard. We just didn't play great. So I, I, it's, it's a unique challenge to – gauge your team and you don't want to overreact yeah you don't if they're ready you don't want to mess with that and you don't want to overreact and act like they're not ready and and so it's you have to be you have to be careful about jumping in on and throwing you know throwing chairs everywhere yeah. and chalkboard if if they're ready and they're just quiet calm before the storm uh logan bonner played a really clean game no interceptions yeah. uh thought he made really good decisions out there um talk about his development and and where he's at because he looked really really good in that game i think every week he goes out in this system um I think he feels better and better. And I'm not sure people understand. Yes, he came with me from Arkansas State, but this is not the system that we ran the last two yeah. years. This is the system I ran three years ago, four or five years ago. Uh, I took a break from running the offense when my wife was sick, and I hired a guy to come in and run a different scheme. And so what Logan's been doing the last two years is not what we're running. He, we, it's been a while, and even the terminology is completely different. So he's still learning every snap that he goes out there, and and every week, uh, you know, at the, it's, you know, a split second, he's got to make decisions, and he's only going to get better in the system. So I think there's a little bit of a misconception that this is just what he's been doing, and yeah, he's been playing quarterback, but all new terminology, new you know, new quarterbacks coach, new coordinator, new bodies. He's only going to get better. It was great to see him not turn the ball over. He really has had a – if you look at his career, that's just something he's not done in the past. Yeah. And I think part of it is him and the wideouts being on the same page, maybe maybe trying to create some plays you shouldn't at times. But I, I think he's settling in, and I would expect this next month him to play really, really good ball for us if he can stay healthy. A couple other individual performances I want to talk about. Uh, you know, whether it be a fade or whether it be that, that, that sideline route, uh, McGriff has been there all season long. But that catch he made on the cross or the slant. Yeah, huge play. All third, hands. Third down. Third, third down, down, big play. I think that was one of his better plays of the season. Probably, you know, that and the, the catch, obviously, he made against oh, UNLV. Yep. Uh, we talk about climbing the ladder, elevating it, going above and playing above the rim. He's a long guy, but it still doesn't come naturally to everybody. And I thought, yeah, I thought it was the most confident play he's made. It was a big third down situation. 
And those are some balls that he's dropped in the past. If you think about BYU or Boise, I can't remember which way it was, that basically that same ball that tips off of his fingertips ends up being an interception, the first drive of the game. And that's just – he's just gotten more and more confident as the year's gone on. And I patted him on the back. Man, I was so proud of seeing him go up. We freeze-framed that, that shot in front of the entire team on, on Monday and, and just said, man, this is what – you know, just continuing to grind has gotten us, and, and I think he's playing with more and more confidence because of it. Uh, and then Ellie and Noah, I thought, ran the ball really, really hard. Yeah. You know what you're, you're going to get out of him, it yeah. seems like. He's going to put his head down, he's going to move the pile, and when you need one, he's going to get you three. Yeah, he's a, he's a very efficient physical runner. Not going to outrun people. You see him, he's going to get caught. We're okay. I mean, we know it. Yeah. He's going to get caught. He's been, uh, But he is going to maximize every run. He's going to run the ball physically. He's great in protection. He catches the ball well, so really can do everything. And he's very, very patient. Uh, he finds some holes that sometimes other guys miss because he is very patient. He's uh, just continued to come along, had over 100 yards last couple weeks in a row, quietly, never says yep. a word. you got to drag every word out. I'm really proud of how he's developing. I had him on the postgame show, and I had, to drag, I had to drag a lot of words <laughs> out of him on that, too. Yeah, that would be a rough interview because it's probably just yes, sir, and no, sir. That's exactly what uh, it was. Great kid, great kid. But you love, the, you love those kids in oh, that no program. Oh, no doubt, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. He's just going to get better. We can, we can develop his speed a little bit, but just his instincts as a runner, his patient as a runner, those are things that just are innate and, and natural. But, you know, at that position too, there's a moment to be patient, and there's a moment to like, all right, we got to go, we got to get that yard, and and that's a, I don't know if that's instinctual or, or where that comes from, but you see some guys dancing around in the pocket a little too much, and and this guy's like, I need that yard, I'm gonna go get it. He's always very aware of the situation, and, and honestly, we've had a couple of situations this year, we've had other guys out there that I'm not sure they knew where exactly where the chains were and what it took, and we've taught off some of those, but. He always is very aware, and, and he tends to always fall forward. Obviously, we had a couple lost yardage plays the other day, but there just wasn't anywhere to go. Uh, he's a solid back, and he's doing a great job, you know, especially with Calvin being out because I think Calvin had, had really developed in an all, you know, kind of quality, well-rounded back. It's been good to see, uh, you know, Fado step in there and really do what we need him to do the last couple weeks. Any uh, any thoughts on Calvin going into this week? Yeah, I, I, he had a great practice today. I, I expect him to carry the ball and. He is going to play with, uh, you know, kind of a padded up hand, but it's really on the back side of the hand is, is inside of the hand. He's able to use it and grasp, uh, grasp the ball and catch. And I would expect he'll be ready to roll. He probably could have played Saturday, but we, we thought it was just way too risky. You might lose him for the season. And he, he looked ready to go today. You mentioned also on our uh, conversation earlier this morning, you feel like you might be getting some help back on the offensive line. Yeah, too. I think we're getting – I mean, I think Poulet's got a chance to be casted up and play at guard. I think Jacob South is feeling better every day. Dolphin Chandler's been playing but been beat up. So, I, I think there's a chance that we're, you know, we're getting closer. I'm not sure we're ever going to be back to where yeah. we were when the season started, but that's the nature of a season, especially that particular position. They, those guys got to get a ton of credit. They battle. That is not a – fun, pleasant, glamorous spot to be. And, but we're not moving the ball and scoring points like we are without them. Well, and Allo can't probably play center again, but you, if you can still use them in any way, shape, or form, that's great for you. Well, and, yeah, we're lucky enough. I think we've got enough versatility with a couple other guys, and, and obviously Mick is doing a phenomenal job. But, uh, you know, if he needs to slide into play, and Chandler, as long, he's getting us through. But Pule can do a great job of stepping in at guard and being physical. He's probably the most athletic of the group. And so it gives you a chance for him to pull and get out in space. And he'll be kind of one-and-a-half hand type deal, but he'll be able to use it as a weapon a little bit. 
Well, we're just getting started. We're live here in Old Chicago. Love for you to come by and hang out with us and uh, watch a little World Series jazz game getting going as well. And remember, we've also got great prizes if you're a University Credit Union member. Just come by and show Ajay your card. He promises not to memorize the number uh, just to prove you have the card, and uh, that puts you in the drawing for a lot of great prizes as well. Coming up next, your chance to ask Coach a question if you've got some thoughts, some comments. We'd love to hear those as well. We're live here at Old Chicago. It's the Blake Anderson Coaches Show from Learfield. Welcome on back. You're listening to the Blake Anderson Coaches Show as we are live here at Old Chicago. Great food, great beverages. Come on down here, watch a little World Series. Braves up 3-0. What are we, uh, what inning are we in? Top of the fourth. So, uh, I just know there's not enough points on the right side of the yeah, screen. Yeah, there, plenty of time left. Yeah, Braves they, will, they typically score late. Yeah, Braves will choke it away. It's all good. <laughs> All right, uh, you got a game against New Mexico State coming in at this at one and seven on the season. Uh, really, uh, just and I'm actually I was excited the news, and I don't know if it's official yet, but it's rumored that they're going to hopefully have a home in Conference USA coming up here pretty soon because that's a team that's just been kind of hanging in there trying to stay afloat, and hopefully a conference makes a little bit better yeah. situation for oh, them. Oh, it'll help. It'll help yeah. a lot. I mean, they were in a conference before. They didn't They didn't want to be independent. No, no. That was really not up to them. They made it really clear they wanted to stay in the Sun Belt, and just the way it was restructuring, it did. It did. The travel was brutal for the Sun Belt, though. They had Idaho and, yeah. and New Mexico State in, and it just it was really difficult to get. You got teams all the way over on the East Coast. And so it, it, it made sense. It was unfortunate for them. Uh, it's good to see them getting back into a league. Um, you know, I, I've known Doug Martin for a, for a long, long time. I think he's done an amazing job at a very, very difficult place. And, and hopefully this will help yeah. build that thing up and get it going and give them a chance to compete a little bit. And, and financially, you know, it, it's got to help. Conference money, potentially playoff-type money through conferences and those type of things are things you don't get if you're an independent. If you got a question for Coach, raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you, get some thoughts uh, from you as well instead of me just running my mouth for the next hour or so. <laughs> um, this is a New Mexico State team, and we talked about it briefly, but, you know, I'm going through numbers and uh, putting my boards together, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to see some really awful numbers. They're not there. They, they struggle running the ball, but offensively they're putting up points, and it looks like they've got about – 15 different receivers yeah. that can all go out there and catch the ball. Well, Doug runs the offense, releases heavily involved. He's always done that. He's always done that. He uses his running backs really well, spreads the ball to all of his wideouts. You know, you can't just say, hey, we got to take this guy away or that guy away. I mean, everybody's going to get it. Uh, they, he he finds guys that fits the system, and they make it work, and they can really drive you crazy. I mean, 37-31 was San Jose. It yep. was It was – I mean, it's a tie game, or really it's 31-30, I think. I don't know, late, super late in the game. Uh, Hawaii, they're tied late in the fourth. Uh, they played New Mexico. They always play New Mexico. Uh, you know, that's an in-state rival. They always play that game really, really well and close. So, I mean, they're used to being in this environment. It's not it's, – it's nothing new to them to be, to be you know, uh, expected to come in, you know, 10-, 15-point underdog. They just, it's just part of their life, and they play well in that. And, and if you don't play good ball, if you don't go good, play good ball, they're going to score points. Uh, they've got, uh, as you mentioned, they've got wide receivers that I think they've got like eight or nine wide receivers that have over ten catches. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they'll really distribute it. Rotate them in, play a bunch of guys, keep them fresh, keep everybody happy. It's always been, you know, we try to do the same thing, try to spread it around. Uh, clearly, DT's getting more balls than anybody else and just how he's be able to be versatile. But 
but you really want everybody to feel part of what you're doing and be involved, and you want the defense staff to guard them, and they may do a better job of it than anybody in the country in that sense. Some of the catches he's making right now are just ridiculous. Yeah, they're pretty I mean, pretty he's five foot eight, and I don't know if that's being generous or not, but he plays like he's 6'3 out there sometimes. Well, he, some ele- the he elevates so well. That comes natural. You don't. You don't typically teach guys to to elevate to the ball. That's that just again. That's instinct. Some guys, it's it's kind of like you look at basketball. Some guys rebound and play above the rim. Some uh, some guys wait for the ball to come down. It's no different as a wideout. Uh, DT just naturally elevates and high points the ball. And one of the biggest plays of the day the other day was he's probably uh, giving up three or four inches to the guys defending him, but he knows where it is and he's going to put his foot in the ground and goes and takes it off the rim. And I don't know what his vertical is, but it's it's up there. Well, and there's some, and, and you've forgotten more about football than I'll ever know, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but there was a couple throws where I mean, safety's coming over the top. I'm like, I don't know if maybe he's supposed <laughs> to throw that, and DT still comes down with it in double coverage. You know, there's a confidence level that I, I think comes from, number one, seeing the guy make plays in tough situations, but also just working with the guy every day. There's a couple that we probably throw in there that um, – they're a little tight for my liking. <laughs> I hold my breath a little bit till it yeah. comes down. He just kind of makes a quarterback right a lot of times. And, yeah. and honestly, Derek Wright did the same thing. We threw one up that was basically double covered. He didn't quit on the play. He kept battling through some contact. And makes makes a huge catch. So uh, that's uh, – I'm not always absolutely certain the ball should have come out when it did. Um, Brandon Bowling fighting his way into the end zone was impressive to watch also. You don't see – I don't know if you've seen a, a, a onside kick return for a score, but that's that that was a new one on the bucket list. Well, it's definitely not one you count on. You're just hoping you get the ball. But yeah. I've seen that twice and, and and have had a guy on our team do it once. So and, it went against you one time. Uh, no, no, I saw it in a oh, game. Oh, I saw okay, it in a game. No, never – no, God, thank God. Never happened <laughs> against me. Uh, we've – onside kicks are hard to recover anyway, but to get it, to get it recovered and, and take it for a touchdown is pretty unique. Came at a great time. Took a lot of pressure off, put the clock really against those guys in, in a tough way, and, and we finished it off. Well, and they had the momentum, too. That was just right oh, after the fumble yeah. recovery. Yeah, I, right after the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yeah, it was not going the way we – I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, wow, we just – how did this just turn into a 13-point game? So, it's good to get the, the points and, and, and stretch it back out to 20. When you hit that – and you and I talked about it this morning a little bit. When you hit that individual plateaus in a season – I think sometimes, you know, in any walk of life, let's say you're a sales guy and you hit your your monthly number and it's easy to be like, okay, I still have 10 days left in the month. I can just coast the rest of the way. Sometimes there's that human nature of complacency sitting in. Do you worry about that when nobody really thought these guys would get to six wins and they're there before November even begins? You know, we've never talked about a number of wins. We've never talked about bowl eligibility. Uh, We've just talked about being the best team we can be every week. And if we do that, for 12 weeks, we'll look up and we'll be we'll be proud of who we are. And so there never has been a goal. We want to have a winning season. We want to be bowl eligible. Never, not once have we talked about that. It has always been about being the best team we can be. They've handled that very well. Obviously, they can hear the chatter going on. And, and yeah. every win you get just makes the next one that bigger, that much bigger. But uh, there's a sense of, of hunger in, in, in the room that, I mean, we didn't really celebrate in the locker room the other day. Yeah, you mentioned that. That was cool to hear. You know, and I apologized to him a little bit. I said, guys, I don't want to downplay the win. Uh, And I I didn't tell them this till uh, Monday. I said, I I apologize. 
I immediately, my mind immediately goes to there's more work to do. It's straight Kobe Bryant mentality. Work's not finished because I see what they're capable of and I see what's available to them if we'll just stay focused on 1-0 and each week. So, yeah, I'm proud that they won, but we're not dancing and throwing water everywhere in the locker room because we're still a long ways away from where we ultimately want to be. And I think they understand that. They weren't in there dancing and going crazy. They're excited, but they saw mistakes that we made. They see that we can be a better team, and there's still a lot of work left to do. And I, I've been really proud of how it's been a very businesslike approach. I tell them, we'll celebrate when the job's finished, and we'll yeah. celebrate like crazy, but the job's not finished yet. So let's just keep keep to the process. we got a couple of student-athletes coming up that I want to get your thoughts on before we uh, go to break and hand the reins on over to them. But Connor Coles, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about what he needs to do to right the ship. Boy, has he done that in a big, big way. Absolutely. And then uh, Monty McGarry. And I'm kind of curious to know, at Troy, what kind of experience you had with him in the Sunbelt Conference? You know, I didn't get a chance to really see Monty. Uh, due to some injuries and then COVID and all that, you know, he, he really wasn't somebody I got to take a peek at. Now, Ray Brown came to our staff from there and knew him really, really well. And that's honestly, that's why we brought him here. Because uh, there wasn't a lot of tape to go on. It was a lot of just what Ray thought our team looked like and what he would bring to the table. And he's clearly done a great job of that. He, uh, he's been a great addition and very versatile. Can do a lot of things. Plays on basically every special team. And to me, that's, that was his first role. And then started to play better and better on defense uh, every week. Obviously, Connor, man, he had a rough spell. Started out great. Hit a slump like like every hitter and every golf, you know, those, those kind of yep. weird yips. technical things. He, he hit a week where it just didn't look good to him. He worked his way through it. We didn't give up on him, and, and he's come through in a big, big way the last couple weeks. And that's – it gets super proud for a guy that, that goes through a tough time and doesn't give up and just says, Coach, just give me a chance. I'll get it done. And, and we've needed him desperately. Yeah. He's, he's made some huge kicks the last couple of weeks. Well, we're going to chat with him coming up next. You go get some food, and uh, we'll wrap this thing Sounds up good. in about 20 minutes. It. That's uh, Coach Blake Anderson. Coming up next, Connor Coles, Monty McGarry joins us next. You're listening to Aggie Football from Learfield. All right, no disrespect to Blake Anderson, but this is always my favorite segment of the week when we get a chat with the guys that actually they, they go out there. No, no, I'm just saying, no disrespect. It's fun to <laughs> see. More often than not, you can't hear that. I'm surprised. <laughs> this is it's always fun to catch up with the players uh monty mcgarry connor cole's kind enough to join us and uh monty let's talk about the interception man congratulations that was, a, that was a hell of a play thank you i appreciate it didn't play my best game but it was pretty exciting well talk us through the play and what you saw out there and how it all came together for uh, you. they actually ran a very similar play on the uh on a play where uh, zahadri got the targeting penalty yeah i actually ran a similar concept so i kind of looked at coach bond and i'm like can I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gave me the go ahead, so I kind of just read the quarterback. I think the quarterback did get hit, we kind of altered the throw and kind of made a better ball. Well, and, it, and it's those opportunities don't come along very often, no, man. No. Like it's, I said, it was my first one, so. And sometimes you got to celebrate them. That's all, that's all, that's all we're saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, Connor Cole's kind of enough to join us as well. And, and Connor, these last two weeks have been really good for you. We talked a little bit on the post game show, not this last game, but the game before. And, and uh, what do you attribute, uh, you know, the, the, I don't want to say the turnaround, but just the recent amount of success that you've had as of late? Um, yeah, I, I give a lot of credit to my teammates and uh, coaches. Uh, they give me a lot of support and let me know how much they care about me. And, you know, after uh, struggled against UNLV, everyone uh, 
you know, put their hand on my back and they said they knew that I was going to be coming back. And so having the team behind me uh, yeah. really and knowing that they all care about me, it helps take a lot of stress off uh, my field goals and focus on uh, just performing and making sure that I get the job done for the team. Uh, one of my favorite players uh, that, that, have come, that has come through Utah State was a guy that you got to work with for a while and learn from, Dominic Eberly. Yeah. Uh, what did you learn from him, and, uh, and and what was that relationship like? Yeah, Dominic, I, I love Dominic. Um, I co- yeah, I came in my freshman year in 2017, and uh, uh, coming out of Bozeman, Montana, there's not a lot of kickers out there, and you know I thought I was pretty pretty amazing. Uh, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I met Dominic, and uh, you know he he beat me uh, out of the gate, and. Uh, from there, you know, I, I was really competitive with him, but uh, I kind of recognized that he was going to be the guy for the next few years. And uh, so I took that opportunity to – and he took me under his wing and taught me a lot of things about kicking and his process and just, about, you know, about what it is to be a college football player. And so, I, I yeah, I learned a, a lot from him, and I credit – I don't think my freshman year I would have been ready to take on the mantle of uh, starting a Division One program, even though I thought I, I yeah. did at the time. But uh, – Playing under him for those three years and, you know, competing with him uh, every day, that really helped me uh, improve as a kicker and get to the point uh, where I am now. So, uh, Monty, when you uh, decided to come here to Utah State, what was that decision like? And what was it about this university and, and this staff where you're like, that's where I want to where I want to continue my playing career? Um, well, when I was uh, deciding to leave Troy University and enter the transfer portal, a big factor in my decision was definitely finding a coaching staff that I trusted. And with Coach Brown uh, leaving Troy also and coming over, it was, uh, made the decision a little easier. And also, I was looking for a university that allowed me the opportunity to pursue a master's degree. And a lot of the other schools I, weren't, I wasn't able to get into. And uh, they kind of looked at my transcript here, and they said, you know, we'll figure it out. If that's what you want to do, we'll make yeah. it happen. So it's that's big for me. So. so talk about the master's program and what you're working towards. I'm uh, working in the physical and sport education program. So okay. Finish that up hopefully in, within the next year and a half year or so. And Connor, you're you're in a master's program too, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, started my MBA this fall. That's awesome. To be able to uh, to be able to get through college and have somebody pay for an MBA. That's that that's impressive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you get a master's, you got to go for it. So, uh, Monty, I wanted this defense has been so much fun to watch because there's so much juice on the sideline. Um, and a lot of that comes from Coach Bonda, but it also comes from the players as well. Is that just kind of the makeup of who you guys are? Yeah, for sure. We're just being ourselves out there. got to have fun. I think a lot of it comes from just being excited for your brothers. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's always exciting when you make a play, but as you can see, when someone makes a play, we're all probably partying and dancing yeah. more than the guy that made the play. So that's what it's all about, just out there having fun and being there to support your brothers. So – when there's a moment in a game where, because you talk about the interception, the play before is a Audrey Jackson, and you guys don't need to say anything, but I completely disagree with the call, but you guys don't need to get in trouble. I'll, I'll take that. Um, but you end up not not getting the touchdown. You end up giving the 15 yards. So the next play, you get the interception. Is it hard to settle in and not get rattled when things don't go your way? Because it certainly didn't seem like that was the case with you guys. Uh, no, we, we just kind of preach and we just take it day, I mean, not day by day, but play by play, yeah. day by day too, but play by play and then just kind of let it go, whether it's good or bad, just focus on executing your job the very next play. Because I, I feel like we have the defense where we can make a big play like that any play. Yeah. As long as we all do our job and trust one another, it can happen at any time. So we're always ready for the opportunity when it comes our way. So, Connor, um, what's it like? I, I, I look at the field goal you made against Colorado State, and at that point pushed it to a, uh, uh, you know, made it a double-digit lead. How stressful are those? 
What's it? What's it like to kind of climb inside the brain when everybody's looking at you and like, is this guy going to do it? Is he going to knock it through? And and you got all eyes on you. What's 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 that moment like? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Uh, on the side, <clears throat> on the sideline, uh, you know, seeing the situation, seeing us driving down, and uh, understanding the context of it, and then you know, getting ready to go kick a field goal. That part is stressful. I you know, I get really uh, focused and have some adrenaline going. But then once a coach calls field goal and we run out there and uh, I line up in my steps, it's I fall back on you know all my repetitions that I've done with it, and then at that point it's just see ball, kick ball. What's the relationship with you and Cottsley too? Yeah, Steven's a, a great guy. Um, he uh, lived with me uh, for uh, when he first got uh, got here from Australia, and so having that time uh, being roommates and. You know, we go up to Bear Lake uh, during the summer and spend a good amount of time together. And, you know, spending time with Jacob, too, the long snapper. Yep. And just having that trust and that friendship uh, within the, the operation is really helpful because if a hold is, you know, a little bit off or something, I'm completely, you know, completely comfortable talking to Steven about it. And, you know, we just have a lot of good communication within the, within the group, and that helps us to address problems and make sure that we're getting done what we need to. You got the 52-yarder uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, against uh, BYU. Against BYU. Is that about your range? What What do you feel like? Let's say elevation here in Logan. Uh, what do you feel comfortable at? Yeah, um, 52, like, you know, 50, give or take, like, three or four yards, I, I feel comfortable in there. And, uh, like, that's where I'd say I feel comfortable. Yeah. And then, you know, like, in practice, messing around, I've, I've hit a field goal as far back as 65, but – you know, in that situation, everything has to be perfect uh, on my end and the hold and everything. And so uh, I have range to go back there if we need to, but around 50 I, is where I feel comfortable. So, Monty, uh, you play a lot of special teams as well. Yes, for you, sure. You enjoy that part? Yeah, I pride myself on that. It's where I started my career at, and uh, I think that's one of the reasons I earned some, some more playing time. Yeah. Uh, I think I made a good play against, I want to say, Air Force on one of our sky kick situations. So, uh, kind of fall camp when I wasn't, you know, where I wanted to be on the depth chart. I went to Coach Premsky and asked to put me on punt. And I've been starting on punt every game. So kind of pride myself in that. I feel like you can make a difference in the game, make some plays. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being a special teams guy. And, and that, that's impressive to be like, you know what, I just want to be out on the field. Just put me out For there. Sure. What, what can I do to help? Like I, I've had two years off. I uh, got hurt and opted out of COVID. I just want to be out there. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with being a special teams guy. No, no not at all. These guys don't get enough credit. The specialists know they're my guys. Well, you know, it, it, you know, there's moments like the, uh, like the uh, the kickoff against Colorado State that just kind of uh, you're yeah. able to pooch it and die inside. The, I mean, that gives you an extra possession. Yeah, I was this close to recovering that too, by the way. <laughs> it was right behind Mike. <laughs> if he wasn't getting it, it was yours. Huh? Right for sure. Um, and that's the you know everybody says uh, to be a guy on special teams, you got to have a couple wires loose. You have to have a different mentality because there's a lot of contact out there. Yeah, it's just like, you know, those five, six seconds, you just go as hard as you can. Yeah. You just go as hard as you can. Play last five, six seconds, like I said, and you just, you know, you do have to have different mentality, but if you take pride in it, you can have some success for it and definitely make a difference on the team, and other guys will notice it for sure. So, Connor, you were here uh, in the 2018 season when, uh, you know, the team just tears through their schedule, nationally ranked. You were here last year when things weren't going particularly well. How much fun is it for you to be part of this team when now it's kind of back on the other side again? Yeah, it's uh, it's so much fun, um, especially uh, with the guys. You know, last year was obviously really difficult for the, you know for the team and uh, for the guys that returned and stuck uh, stuck it out. I think that uh, the returners we all got a lot closer after that season, and 
got refocused and we're willing to you know we're willing to do whatever it takes to win our games and not have a year like last year because that taste is so fresh in our mouth and I I think that really translated to our summer workouts and our practices and just the way uh, the team trains all around and I I think that uh, has really helped us to you know see the success where we, that we've seen where uh, not every game has been pretty but I think that we've just wanted it so bad and have trained so hard that if it's if it we're taking somebody to the fourth quarter and we're in it then we're going to win it. Monty, there's no panic on this team. I mean, you guys have been through some stuff this year, right, right. and you guys find a way to get it done. Where, where does that come from? Um, I think that really just comes from the confidence we have in ourselves and our, pre our preparation and in each other. I, I mean, you can only control the play that's about to happen. So you kind of, like I said, just let go of whatever happens before then and don't worry about if the offense is going to be able to put up points or yeah. Connor's going to make his field goal. You can't worry about any of that. You just go out there and try to win your rep that play, and, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. Coach mentioned uh, that that you guys were excited about bowl eligibility, and sure. the uh, bowling video was really cool. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you guys have bigger goals than that. For sure. Connor, talk a little bit about that, and, and Monty, I want to get your thoughts on that as well. Yeah, um, for sure. After after last season at the – you know, if you would have told me at the start of this year that uh, we are going to be bowl – you know, going bowl eligible, that was my goal. You know, that's where I kind of yeah. thought the team was at, uh, you know, just coming off of last year. I was thinking that was the goal for this year. So I'd have thought, I'd, you know, the team would have been jumping up and down and super ecstatic, and there definitely was some of that, but probably not as much as I would have expected uh, at the start of the year because, you know, at, like you are saying, as the team has come out and we've uh, performed our, our goals of transition, I think everyone's now focused on the Mountain West uh, championship, and the bowl game kind of seems like a nice, yeah. a nice thing on the side. Monty, do you guys scoreboard watch a little bit? trying to see what other guys are doing and see where your positioning is in the Mountain West Conference? Oh, no, not at all. We just focus on going out there and, uh, you know, winning the next game, look at every opponent the same, and uh, go back on the, uh, you know, being bowl eligible. Uh, I don't think a lot of guys even recognize the situation we were in when it was coming up, like we only needed one more win. I don't think it was really talked about until after it happened because, like you said, we do have bigger goals and we just kind of take it game by game. And if we do that and we execute and do what we think we can do, all those things will happen. What do you uh, What do you need to do against New Mexico State to get out of there with the W? Uh, I think we need to go out there, mission focus, uh, being one and zero. It's always the goal. We don't overlook any opponent. Uh, they definitely can score some points. They definitely have high level athletes on their team. So I think we just need to come out and play our game, start fast, and finish strong. And we should be able to come out with a W. Connor. Uh from a special team standpoint, guys continue to play clean football. Good opportunities are going to happen, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I'm just we just need to stay focused. Uh, you know, for me, my job is simple. It doesn't change, yeah. you know, based on the opponent. Um, I just need to make sure that I'm preparing and uh, ready to convert when the when the team needs me to. In the weight room, what, what what's the focus for you with, with Coach Jackson as a kicker? You know, we, we hear about everybody, other players, but – but from your individual standpoint of where you need to get bigger and stronger, where do you where do you focus your time on? Yeah, um, a lot of, like the main thing with kicking and lifting weights is it's uh, uh, a lot of explosive yeah. uh, strength is the most uh, important thing. It's not as much about you know how much your maxes are. It's about you know how fast you can explode through it. Um, and Coach Jackson is great. He's so knowledgeable and. Uh, you know, tailors are training for that. You know, we do as specialists. We do a lot of uh, explosive things, and um, yeah, Coach Jackson's great and super knowledgeable. So I completely trust him to get us ready for what we need to do. 
Well, gentlemen, this has been a lot of fun. We really appreciate it. Uh, good luck coming up on Saturday. Look forward to doing this again soon. All right, thank you for having me. You got it. Connor Coles, Monty McGarry right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And, of course, the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. Take a final break and wrap things up with Coach next. You're listening to Aggie Football from Learfield. All right, wrapping up another edition of the show. Blake Anderson, Coach's Show. By the way, next week, uh, due to basketball, we will actually have the show on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. So uh, come by here, 7 o'clock on Monday, not Tuesday. Come by on Monday at uh, Somebody's got to remind me of that. I may forget. Yeah, same. That's, but I will plan to be at the basketball game if I can be. I love, love being at the Hoops in the spectrum. That place Yell- is going to be rocking, Screaming too. at the officials. Oh, yeah. By name. you gotta, you got to know their first name. It's key. You have to know the officials' first name. My man Doug, Dougie Fresh, always hooks me up with the officials' first names, and it's on. It's on at that point. I love it. I'm not going to get a technical. That's the great thing. I'm not going to get a 15-yard yeah. penalty. I'm not going to get kicked out of the game like my the head coach at uh, Bowling Green this week. Oh, yeah, how about that? That's I've, that's, I've never seen that happen before. Uh, Scott Leffler, yeah. I don't know. Uh, ooh, I don't know if I should tell this story or not. There was a, uh, let's just say, a key booster here at Utah State who was – Asked to leave a game. Is because, that right? Because he got a little, he got a little salty with the okay. uh, with the officials. So there are a couple. So if, out if there. I get asked to leave, then I have crossed. I've crossed the line. Yeah, huh? yeah. Well, I just promised Kayla and Ryan that I would do my part. My part is to come harass the officials so they don't have to. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm S- going to do. Some officials, uh, let's just say, have a little thinner skin than others. Dave Hall. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, I'm sure he's not listening. No, no, he's not yeah, listening. He's probably not listening. All right, so uh, final thoughts on uh, New Mexico State. What do you need to see this weekend? You know, I just I need to see our guys take, take you know, kind of the, the next step of, of the progression and just keep keep getting better. Man, we need to go down there and play with great energy. That's that's a, you know, a big challenge in this environment on the road. Road games are tough. Uh, come out with great energy, reduce mistakes, and and hopefully just, you know, take the next step of, of improving. That That's that's something we can control. We can't control anything else. The game is where it is. It is who it is, when it is, all that. But we can control, you know, how we approach it. We had a great practice today, really challenged them. I thought they did a great job today. Uh, hopefully we'll do the same thing tomorrow. And I, I feel like I think these guys really have a, a grasp of kind of where we're at. And it's the unique opportunity that we have, even though this is not a conference game, this is about us getting better and being prepared for big games coming up. And, I don't know. I just have a sense that they're going to come out and, and, and be ready. I love it. All right. Well, Coach, I'll talk to you in pregame. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week, and uh, let's go get a W on Saturday. Let's do it. Let's. We will go out there and get it done. <laughs> we will. Yeah, we will. <laughs> That's Blake Anderson. This is your Blake Anderson Coaches Show live here at Old Chicago. We'll be back with you next Monday. And remember, the game coming up uh, this weekend as well on Saturday, Utah State and New Mexico State. Aggie football from Learfield. <laughs>